Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. The last few weeks, we've been looking at how to deal with fear. And if there ever was something that we need to know about, it's how to deal with the fearful things that are upon this world today. They just keep on rolling, don't they? And, and they seem to be getting worse and worse and more, more things to be uh, afraid of than probably ever b- before. And so we've been looking at how to deal with, in particular, a spirit of fear, because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. We looked at the fact that fear is an emotion that's natural. It's okay to be afraid of certain things, like if you come too close to the edge of, of a cliff, uh, you should actually feel some emotion, some fear, so you don't fall off and kill yourself. Uh, however, fears can turn into phobias, and that's the actual Greek word for the spirit of fear, phobos, is is when fear attaches itself to a spirit, and then it rides and, and, and becomes part of that in your psyche, and it starts to mess with your life to where you're afraid of, of things that you shouldn't be afraid of. It goes from just an emotion that is uh, there to protect your life into a spirit that is there to drive your life off course. And that's when fear takes a turn for the worse. And this is what we're dealing with. And so the last couple of weeks, we've looked at that. I encourage you to catch up on that. Our messages are online. We've got podcasts, vidcasts, YouTube, Facebook. We're trying to get it out there any way we can uh, because there's nothing worse than a person that's just driven by fear, and they've picked that up, and that thing is just driving them into destruction. Now, these things camp themselves in your mind, and that's why we called the overlying uh, title of this whole series called Mind Your Own, that you have to maintain that expensive piece of equipment that God gave you called your mind. It's up to you to maintain it. It's up to you to drive that. It's up to you to program that, if you will, it's, it's, up for, it's up to you to make sure that that doesn't get taken over by, by things like fear and confusion and discouragement and distractions and all the diswords that would distance you from God. And that's, a, that's such an important principle in the Christian life that we are called disciples, and that word comes from discipline. And, and the main area of discipline that I've found in, in walking with God now for 40-something years is the discipline is in the thought life. Because the Bible says that as you think in your heart, so are you. So if your thought life is messed up, you're going to be messed up. It's just that simple. Uh, We tend to like to spiritualize everything, blame the devil for everything. And, uh, you know, it's always his fault. But we don't take responsibility over things that are really our responsibility. And that's what happens, I found, with so many people, and they go off the rails, and they throw the whole thing away, and they don't realize that, well, the church wasn't the problem, your job wasn't the problem, your community wasn't the problem, I grew up in Detroit, but, you know, Detroit's not the problem, Sunshine Coast is not the problem, that actually the problem is in here and everywhere I go. You can shift churches, shift cities, move countries, I did, not for that reason, but you, you can go anywhere, but you're taking you with you. You're the problem. You have a problem. And, and it's really important that as we look at this, and this morning, I, I want to deal with a particular aspect or something that God gave us when it comes to uh, dispelling or getting rid of the spirit of fear, and that's a sound mind. Now, 
2 Timothy 1.7 says this. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Notice it doesn't say that we don't have any fear. He hasn't given us a spirit uh, of fear. Again, a phobia kind of a fear. Uh, but of power and love, and everybody say it, and a sound mind. Three things that will help you overcome a spirit of fear, and that is power. We talked about that in week one uh, of uh, freedom from fear. And love, and that's the love of God, knowing that he loves you unconditionally until you settle that fact that you are loved no matter who in your world doesn't love you, God does. And that's, that's something that most of us have, have trouble with because we base that on our track record. We think, good me, God loves me. Bad me, God doesn't love me. Good me, he's close. Bad me, he repels. No, it, it doesn't work that way. God loves you regardless of your track record. And that's the good news of the gospel. It means good news. It's why we celebrate so much. We sing so much. We praise and shout so much because it's not based on you. It's based on him. That's such good news. You know, if I didn't preach another, another sermon, that would be worth the whole deal right there. So we have to establish that fact. But today we're going to shift into the third thing that God gave us to uh, dispel a spirit of fear, and that is a sound mind. Now, the Bible says that you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from what? Well, free, free from bad thinking or wrong thinking or fear phobia thinking, if you will. It's so important that we realize that God gave us an intellect. God gave us the ability, he gave us a piece of equipment, which is our mind, which is a, an interface between our, our physical world here and the spiritual world. It's our navigation equipment to navigate our way through life. Now, I really like sat-nav. I love the fact that I don't have to pull out paper maps and pull over and spread them all over the car, try to get, you know, in the old days, you get a, a, a texture, a magic marker, and you... You know, you draw your line on where you're going and all the rest of it. Then you try to memorize that thing. Then you get in, you drive the car, and you pull over again, look at the thing. Where did we go wrong? And if it's at night, then you got to turn the light on. It's just a, it's a real nasty thing, the old days. <laughs> but sat-nav took care of all that. And now, the car that we've got, it tells you when, uh, when there's a red light camera up ahead, tells you what the speed zone is up ahead, 70 coming up. Uh, red light camera, uh, uh, uh. and it also warns you when you're changing lanes and you shouldn't change lanes because there's somebody else there next to you. Like all those things I think are really cool, but none of them are as cool or sophisticated as what you carry around in your head every day. You've got this navigation gear that you have to look after it. It's not an accident. It's not something that just happened. It, it's something that God consciously designed when he created you in his image. He created you with a mind and an intellect to discern truth. When we're talking about fear, a lot of the phobias, a lot of the fear, the things that attach themselves and become a, a spirit of fear uh, are based upon lies. They're based th upon things that aren't true. Most of these things are never going to happen. The things that people worry so much about 
and they're worried about things that probably are never going to happen. Well, what if they do happen? Well, then you just got to deal with it. Suck it up. <laughs> That's just the way it is. But until it happens, you, you don't need to fret and, and, and worry yourself into an early grave. You, you need to use your intellect, your navigation equipment, and, and try to work it out. Now, there are attributes of a sound mind, and that's what I want to look at. And truth is one of the big ones. It's discerning what is true and what isn't true. In this day and age, it is so hard. Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. You've got to, you got to look at both sides of arguments. You've got to research things. And, and, and many of you do. You call it Google. <laughs> and, it, you know, that's kind of like, ah, uh, not really. You know, back in the day, again, you know, back in the day when there were, were road maps that you had to actually fold, unfold and read, you actually had to go to the library. You had to read books. You had to go to lectures. You had to, you actually had to go to school and, and train your brain and, and use your brain like a muscle and learn basic premises before you go building uh, anything higher upon that, because we're going to get into this in a few weeks, uh, those things become strongholds, and, and strongholds need to be destroyed or, or dismantled or torn down. Because anything built on a wrong foundation, it, it, it'll rise up, it'll look pretty good, but it's all going to come tumbling down because it was built upon a wrong foundation. Now, when we're talking about truth and we're talking about symptoms of a sound mind, well, there's little t, and that's truths, plural, but there's the big T. The big T is him. He is truth. In fact, he is faithful and true. He comes riding in at the end uh, on a horse, and he's got a tattoo. Don't you love that? It's a case for tattoos. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, and it's got faithful, it's got true on there. He is, he is, he is the truth, big T. And his word is truth. So anything that's not based upon the Word or goes contrary to the Word of God has to be dismantled in your thinking. It has to be torn down. Because God has not given you, again, a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Soundness of thinking is thinking that's built upon the truth of God and God's Word. And the two are inseparable. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word, you know, everything was created with Him. Without Him was nothing created that was created, and the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us, and His name is Jesus. Amen? Amen. So the truth is God and His Word, inseparable, that's the foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation. He is the rock upon everything, and anything else is sinking sand. It's all going to crumble, and, and we have to go back to that and look at, okay, what is the truth? Pilate, flippantly, when he was confronted with this at the trial of Jesus, kind of sarcastically just threw his hands in the air, and like, what is truth? And he wasn't actually asking Jesus, what is truth? And you tell me what is truth. He just kind of threw his hands in the air, which is where so many of us end up. Well, I don't know. I can't discern it. They say this and they say that. Well, what, what, what is true or not is there for you to discover with your intellectual mind, your faculties that God gave you. Now, I know we don't all have a college education. 
we don't all, weren't all raised, you know, in an educated household, and we don't all have doctorate degrees. I'm two years short of that one. I feel like I should just go the extra two years and get it, but anyway, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but but I, I still research things. Uh, I seek things out. And I'm not talking about seeking out all, all the conspiracy stuff. I'm talking about seeking things out in the wisdom of God's Word. That's the gold. That's the place where you need to mine with your mind. You need to go there with your mind and spend more time in the Word of God in prayer and seeking the mind of Christ because that's where truth ultimately comes from. That's where revelation flows from. And revelation will take you, really, it'll take you an awfully long way. But then you've got to act upon that revelatory knowledge that God gives you. The mind of Christ has to be acted upon. That's called faith. And the Bible says this. It says faith without works is dead. In other words, you get a revelation from God, but if you don't step it out, it's useless. It's just dead. You have to act upon what God shares with you when you seek him out and when you seek the truth. And I'm not talking about Googling all this junk. I'm talking about going to the word of God in prayer, hitting your knees or whatever your posture is when you pray and just spending time with God and saying, God, show me today what my day is supposed to look like. Show me, give me this day my daily bread. Now, if you're young and you're here, and I don't know, I'm not looking around, so I'm not going to judge whether you're young or not, but <laughs> if you're younger than me, in fact, if you're 30, 40 years younger than me, there's an old man in your future that's waiting for you to show up. What are you going to show up with? When I was in my 20s, long, long time ago, I can still remember. When I was in my 20s, I made decisions not really thinking about the old man. And what is he going to look like? What is he going to talk like? What is he going to live like? What is he going to think like? And if I could encourage you with soundness of mind, I, if I could encourage you to do anything, if you're young enough, seize that time and, and, and get wisdom and, and search God out because someday you're going to be old and someday you want to be able to go, wow, like, People will come to you because you are so wise. Why? Because you spent that time searching out the things of God and getting a soundness of mind. And you become an anchor for the souls that are coming up uh, that are younger than you. If you're older, it's not too late. You're here. You got time. You don't have as much time to do some of these things, but you've still got time. And, and your time needs to be spent more than anything else getting to know the truth, seeking truth out. And I'm, again, I got, I got to keep just saying this. I'm not talking about seeking out this world's truth. In fact, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your, come on, mind. How important is this piece of navigation equipment? He says, don't be conformed to this world. Now, a lot of us were. We, we, we had things formed in us over the years that have created these phobia fears in us. 
And, and, and some of those were instilled there from school, from parents, from relationships, from bad, bad things that happened to us. But he says, no, don't be conformed to that, but be transformed. It's a metamorphosis. It's the same Greek word, actually, well, where metamorphosis comes from, where caterpillar turns into butterfly, where the creepy, ugly, pus-filled thing turns into something beautiful that can fly. And that's what God wants uh, for you. He wants your mind to soar way beyond crawling, creepy, on the ground kind of stuff. So the knowledge, the truth that we're talking about is not carnal-based knowledge full of fear trying to navigate your way through phobias. It's actually being transformed and getting out of that realm. Now the word there, renewed, I think is very, uh, it's key because the word renewed is ananeo. It means this, A-N-A, which which means to uh, be moved out of and and into, and, and neo means new. Kind of like the matrix. Neo is your new mind. It's a new mindset. And, and, and a neo, it means to be, to let God take and reprogram what's been, been wrongly programmed patterns in your thinking. Now, I have had over the years a lot of patterns that... Uh, Quite frankly, you know, it's not, it was not my fault. It's not your fault either. You just, you just get raised. Ignorance just, you know, ignorance is dangerous. And if you're a parent here, man, do you need to do your research? You need to get into the Word of God, raise your kids right so they don't pick up these patterns. Because later in life, hard to break. That's why people go, I don't need to go to church, man. If you don't go to church, you're like seriously... Because what you'll learn in church will help you raise your kids. It'll help you leave a legacy. It will, if nothing else, getting into a worship service and getting a download from God, it's just there's nothing, there's nothing that's ever going to replace that. And if you're into the carnal uh, programming of your mind, well, good luck. You're just going to get more conformed things that need to be shattered or, or broken or tore down. And, and the best thing you can do is point your kids towards God. Amen. But you got to point yourself towards God first. Yeah. Somebody said once, I've never seen a uh, stay-at-home parents that have go-to-church kids. If your attitude is blasé, take it or leave it, uh, you know, we've got 50 million reasons why we don't want to plug into uh, a collective called the church, called the body of Christ, actually. It's called his bride. Uh, that you don't want to plug into his way of doing things then do it your own way. And like Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? How's it working? How are the kids going? Full on for God, are they? I don't think so. And the most important thing that you can do is get yourself there. Get yourself into a worship service. Get, sit under the Word of God. Get your brain trained in the things of God. God gave you that for a reason. Now, if you've been conformed with patterns of this world, then they need to be broken off of you. And that's going to take discipline to get into the Word of God and, and, you, and use that and make that your prior, priority, not the Wall Street Journal or uh, Time Magazine or uh, endless you know, things on television. It's, it's reprogramming with the Word of God. God gave us something incredible that science really hasn't been able to figure out. 
And that is not just life, but it's intelligent life. And this is something why I could never become an atheist. It could never happen. Because life is not just the chemicals that make up a molecule. Now hear me on this. It, wouldn't, it would not matter to me whether they, found, you know, they find water on planet X or a moon or something like that. Oh, that's, that's nice. That's, that's cool, but that's not life. Yeah, but they, they discern that something was moving. Okay, still not life, not like we have. The essence of life is not just the chemicals in the molecule, the DNA molecule, strung together. It's the complex message in, those, in that molecule. It's the information that's in that. It's a little bit like saying, oh, I've got a computer because I got some plastic, I got some precious metals and some silicon or whatever. Uh, so I got a computer. You've got, you've got the substance of something, but it's going to be useless until it's programmed, until information goes into that, until a message goes into that hunk of metal and plastic, it's nothing. In fact, the Bible calls that an idol. Oh, it's got eyes. It's, look, it's got ears. <laughs> it's got a mouth. Wow. It's a hunk of wood. It looks like whatever, a bird, a person, or whatever, but the intellect is what's missing. The mind is not there. Therefore, if the mind is not there, it's not a person. And when God created you, he is the cause of what you are and who you are. He didn't create a something. He, re he created a someone. The difference between a something, some rocks on Mars or water or something, calling that life, and a someone, which is a conscious entity, which is you right now listening to me, and we are communicating information right now at a conscious level, that consciousness of your mind, that ability to think, it's only humans that have that in this capacity. Oh, there are other living things, but when we're talking about soundness of mind, we're talking about in, in uh, a humanity, in you and in, in me, then one of the attributes of that is the ability to think, but not just to think, the ability to hope, the, the ability to create, the ability to see things. Our dog died a few months ago. I was talking with somebody else recently, and their, their puppy was pretty old, and said, oh, this, they said, oh, he's a, he's a little old man, and they personified him. We personified our dog, too. He had a voice. It was me, though, and uh, my dog is, was alive, but he couldn't plan the future. He could bark. Your dog can bark if you have a dog. <laughs> Unless you really mean you put one of those devices where it hurts the dog if it barks, which I don't blame you. I'd do it too. Gail yeah, wouldn't let me, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> so no, like, shut up. Shut up. He could bark. He could even roll over if there was food involved. Well, he never did that, but he'd sit down if there was food involved. But he's never going to plan a trip to Mars. 
Only humans have the ability to create, to plan, to, to visualize the future and create a future. And what God has given you, the essence of a sound mind is the ability to stare at a dilemma and stare it down. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean, stare it down with the vision that God's given you so that the problem is no longer a problem, but it becomes a possibility. So that the obstacle that you are staring down is no longer an obstacle, it's an opportunity now. God gave you as a human being the ability to hope and create and visualize and plan. That's what I mean by a sound mind. Nobody else has that. No matter what the chemical elements are that make up your physical body, without consciousness, without the spark of humanity, without the spirit breathing into that, and the creator himself being a creative, just a hunk of nothing. You are not a hunk of nothing. You were created fearfully and wonderfully created. You've got a purpose and a plan in God. You've got a dream that God breathed, and he knew that dream before the foundations of the world. Question is, before you took a breath, God had a dream for you. My question is, when you take your last, last breath, are you going to deny him that dream by not dreaming and, and not maintaining a sound mind? My hope is that you would see hope. Soundness of mind has hope. There's a spark. It's not just optimism. I'm not talking about just that, but that certainly comes with being a human being. I'm talking about the ability to use the imagination that God gave you and to pull out of his divine imagination into your imagination and say, okay, God, now what is the truth about this situation? So many of us are going to everywhere else to find out the truth instead of going vertical in prayer to go, what is the truth about this? God, I'm taking out of your divine right now vision, imagination, and I want you to download into this computer that you gave me. Uh, the only one uh, on the planet, human beings, that have the capacity now to create a new future. The only ones that have the ability to hope something into existence. Download it now. Show me the truth. I want to have a sound mind. Oh, you can beat the air. You can yell at devils all that you want. Trying to get rid of fear. Power and love and a sound mind. I just get so, uh, I don't know what the word is, to be honest, annoyed. Sometimes even upset, I don't know, angry. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. When, when I see people, I think, man. <laughs> Don't you realize what God did in you? Don't you realize who you are? Don't you realize the capacity that you've got to see and create a future? And you're surrendering to that? An idol? God says, I'll have no other gods. Have no other gods before me. 
There's only one. I don't want you worshiping idols. And an idol is anything that's a lie that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That has to be brought low, pulled down like, like uh, Dagon was in the temple. It fell over, that stupid thing that looked like a, you know, a man or whatever it was. It fell over in the temple. And, and, and the, when the Spirit of God hits your brain, then those things need to topple over. All those phobias, all those fears, all the what-ifs that's trying to get a hold of you. Uh, that's going to, oh, it's going to rob me of my money. Well, maybe your money's an idol. It needs to be robbed. I mean, that's just a thought. <laughs> I love the Word of God. And I love it because the Word of God gives visibility. But fear causes whiteout. We went skiing um, a few years ago at Falls Creek down in Victoria. And I don't ski that often, and I used to be able to do black runs. and. I still can, but not like I used to. And anyway, I thought, I'm gonna, it's getting late. I want to do the black run. I've done my practice runs and everything else. So I went up on the, on the chairlift. I got up to the top. And all of a sudden, man, this blizzard started coming in. And I mean, I couldn't see anything. It's what they call whiteout. And I'm, I'm kind of walking around. All of a sudden, I notice there's nobody else. <laughs> up there. You know, nobody's on the chairlift coming up. Everybody else has been told, don't go up there. Blizzards come in. And I'm, I'm there by myself with my skis. And I couldn't see the sign that, that said where the run was. And I thought, man, like, uh, I don't know, where, where is this to get back down the mountain? So I thought, well, I kind of I feel like it's over here. That's a bad, that's a big mistake. I kind, I kind of felt like. A lot of us are living in, I kind of feel like. Not a good way to get guided. And so I did, I jumped off that, that area there. Next thing, man, there's a lot more trees than normal on a run. <laughs> and there's like, I'm, the next thing I'm in the bush and I'm dodging trees and I realize this isn't a run at all. It's the backside of the mountain. I have no idea where this is going to take me to. So I had to take my skis off. And I'm trying to get down the mountain now with, with, my, with my skis and my pole. And, you know, and ski boots aren't the easiest thing to walk in. You know, they kind of lean forward. And they, I'm unclipping those things. And I'm like, oh, man, like, what have I done here? And I I don't even know what, how far away will I be because you can get down the, the wrong side of the mountain, which I did. It could be a long way from, from the ski lodge. And it was. I finally got down. And you can't take the ski boots off and go barefoot. It's like you got to walk in those things. They're really uncomfortable with the skis and everything else. And finally, I found a human being and said, uh, yeah, I'm lost. Where's the, uh, the ski lodge? Well, it's a long way. You've, you've really, you, you're really off the course. You realize that. I said, yeah, I do. I realize it. But I couldn't see. It was wide out. And some of us get caught in situations in life where we just are navigating by emotion and feelings and some say and they say. And, and there isn't anything worse 
Because that insecurity, that unsuredness steps in. And when you can't see your way, when you can't see, see your way through trouble, you're in trouble. Just ask pilots. They get up there in the clouds. They don't know up or down or anything. They've got, they've got to look at their instruments and trust the instruments. It looks like, I feel like I'm climbing, but you could actually be going toward the ground and about to die. When that stick shaker goes, if they're a pilot of a big plane, you better pay attention. I've watched air crash. It's, you know, it's something. You better, you better make a note of it because there's a bunch of people. They're all going to die if you just ignore that and go by your feelings. Soundness of mind is, is, is one of the greatest things, the greatest ways out of fear. Well, I'm going to close with this. I'd like the worship team to come up. So what do you do? What do you do? Fight fear? How, how do you get free from it? Well, power, love, and a sound mind, but where do I go with that? I, I just want to give you one big takeaway, something that, that I learned. It's a little bit, bit cliche, perhaps, but don't, don't fight your fear. Feed your faith. How do you feed your faith? The Word of God. In fact, in um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, go ahead and throw that up. It says this, it says, By faith we understand that the world was formed by things that are not seen, by what is not seen. By faith we understand that the world was formed by that which is unseen. But notice it doesn't say by faith the world was formed by that which doesn't exist. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. By faith we understand that's your mind. A sound mind is a mind with the capacity to believe, not in that which doesn't exist, but that which is unseen. It's to take the thoughts of God's intellect, if you will, from the Spirit of God into your mind and let that produce faith so that you can understand the world around you. And you can navigate through all the things that are trying to drag you into a firefight, causing you to go down, all the what-ifs swirling around. We're not worshiping a God that doesn't exist because we don't see Him. We're worshiping a God who says, come, let us reason together. But I can't see you! Come, let us reason together. But how can I know you? By faith, I understand. And that's what I'm, uh, I'm asking you to come with me on this journey in a bigger way and to carve out some time for God in your life, more than what you've ever spent before. And you feed your faith. Don't fight your fear. Don't even worry about it. Feed 
your faith. Watch your faith grow strong and robust. Your mind growing strong in discerning of the truth because you fed your faith. And watch what God does. Fear? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what are you going to do? Kill my body? Oh, well. <laughs> Means I go home. I walk on streets of gold. I get to sing with angels. I get to meet Jesus then face to face. That's a pretty bad deal. I don't know. What is there to be afraid of? I'm going to close with the scripture. I'd like you to stand to your feet, thanks. Oh, God. Thank you so much. I want to give you this scripture just in closing. Oh, God. It's Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. <laughs> but now, <laughs> this is what the Lord says. He who created you. Jacob, that's talking about Jacob was Israel's name before he became Israel. He who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. <laughs> well, how, how secure is that? Oh, but you don't understand what's going on in the world. By faith, I understand. By faith, I understand that I am His. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over, over you. And when you walk through the fire, it will not be burned. You will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Fear not, my friends. Come on. I want to pray for you. And wherever you're at in the world, I hope this message has blessed you in some way. I really encourage you to share it. Uh, perhaps you know some people that need to be delivered from fear, that need to discover soundness of mind. So make sure that you... Um, share at the end you'll find how, how you can access our YouTube and Facebook and everything else uh, people just need they need to be free from fear amen so I'm going to pray if you don't know Jesus I just pray a prayer together and this is not a formula uh, it's just a heartfelt prayer to ask him into your heart so if you haven't done that or perhaps you're a long ways away from God I just want to pray with you right now. So if you would just say this after me. In fact, we're all going to say this together. Say, Dear God, I ask your son to come into my heart. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. How good is God? Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website 
at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.